I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Lee Curtis, and you're listening to the Good Friend Podcast, presented to you by iHeartRadio. It's a podcast about friendship. We talk about everything. We cry, we laugh. We think about what it really means to be a good friend. And I have conversations with some of my best friends, some people I've never met, and sort of everything in between. So I hope by the end of it that you have a really good sense of what friendship means to me and the people that I consider friends. And I hope you can take those same ideas into your own friendship groups and I hope you enjoy it. Well, this is a, a first, really a first for me um, in many ways. I'm new at this podcast game, um, although I'm playing it um, imperfectly. And I am happy very happy to be doing it because I'm having conversations with people that I love and that I respect, uh, some strangers and some people I am married to, uh, which is the current moment. Um, my guests today are a two, a twofer. Um, my husband, Christopher Guest, is there. Hello. And his friend and my friend, David Nickturn. Greetings. And we are going to have a conversation about friendship, sort of obviously your guys' friendship, um, mostly, and then how the three of us sort of interact and intersect and how Dave and I have gone off in a couple tangents and come back. Um, it should be flowy and easygoing and I'm not trying to be a hard-hitting journalist here, and I'm not going to go for a gotcha moment. So obviously, none of the people listening to the Good Friend podcast know much about your friendship, the two of you, um, and why I would choose to do the two of you together. So I would love, I know a little bit about this, but I would love to hear from each of you sort of your first memories of how you met, where you met, and what your first impressions of each other were. So I'll 
start with Dave. Um, I just think it's better to start with you, David. So tell me, tell us, this new group of friends for you, a little bit about how you met Mr. Guest and when and where and, you know, the sort of time and place and setting, if you would. So as we go back through the veils of time, (laughs) which we have to do, um, the origin story is that my mom introduced Chris's parents to each other. Maybe you didn't know that, Tammy. I don't know if you did that. I actually had not remembered that. Yeah. And, you know, Dave, we were just talking that Chris's mother, who died, I think, four years ago, would have been 100 years old uh, just the other day. Wow. Yeah, I did not remember that, but that's interesting. And then we were born two weeks apart, which is also an intriguing fact. He came first on February 5th, 1948. And two weeks later, I was born on February 19th. So we've literally had kinship or friendship or the potential of it since literally the day of birth. Wow. That's a very, uh, I don't have anybody else even near to that kind of, uh, you know, parameter. Now, as to when we first met, I think I'm going to have to say we first met before even my memory worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, sure. you know, I have early memories, but I don't know if I have going back to like, I'm sure we hung out when we were three months old, but I don't remember that. But I do remember a lot of childhood memories. And we, we definitely uh, had uh, visits that were our families coming together. And so we could, uh, we hung out. I, I don't think, Dave, that, when you're three months old, you're hanging out. Uh-oh. I think what's happening is you're lying on your back, <laughs> you're pooping in a diaper, theoretically, and you, you just have a glazed expression. I mean, I can't speak for you. That's what I was enjoying doing. Well, but we don't know. We, right. we don't know. Uh, Looking up to you know. because you were the elder. Uh, I was saying, is that kid going to stop pooping in his diaper there and start talking to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it took this long. Well, I'm glad to be the facilitator for the post-pooping <laughs> talk because it's, it's yielded some deep stuff. Um, Mr. Guest, what earliest memories of David and, and that experience, if you have them? The earliest memory. We were told as kids what, it, what, what the beginning was which is not a real memory. It's a memory of someone telling you what happened. And what they told us was that we were in school together at the age of four. And there was an apparent incident, not the kind of incident that would be in the newspapers, theoretically, but uh, where, tell me if I'm wrong, Dave, that you were in a situation, I don't know if you were being teased and that I, I came in to the rescue, basically. Yeah, I think I was having my butt kicked. Well, that's what I was trying to say. And, and, and you, and, sa- you said, all right, boys. You said, all right, boys, well, that'll be I enough. What I said was, uh, as the cops in New York say, okay, the show's all right. Uh, so <laughs> the other four-year-olds backed away in, in fear. Of course, I don't remember that. I don't think David remembers that, but we were told that. And uh, it may or may not be true. Um, I don't have any memories of much of anything at that time. I remember the school. The first memory of David as a person. uh, Well, it's interesting because I I think it was probably uh, when we started to play music together. We were about uh, 13, I'm guessing. Is that accurate, Dave, roughly? Yeah, but I can go back way further than that eight maybe uh-huh. and your apartment is on waverly place and the the walls were close enough in the hallway that we could climb the walls do you remember that we put our feet out and our hands out we could kind well of we, climb we up the meaning walls. me yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was uh it was um something that i could do i could go up to the ceiling that's right and then I would show people, and then whether or not you you got to the ceiling and rang a little bell and came down, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I, I take your word for it. I mean, I remember climbing the, literally climbing the walls. So. Yeah. Well, the reason the reason I bring it up is, you know, as Chris 
said, and I think it's it's appropriate, you know, what are memories that were told to you by your parents? You know, you guys were such good friends. You loved each other so much. But as Chris just said, the real connective tissue, the thing that actually has created the relationship that has carried you through a lot of time is music, that that was the first connection. And how, like, I, I know that's going to sound, you know, uh, uh, unsophisticated, but is it just that you have a guitar, Chris, and you're and you're playing something and Dave comes over and says, that's cool. I like that. I can I do this or like I'm, I'm curious because it has to start somewhere. Do you have any memory of how that happened? No, no, um, I, I don't. And some of this is feeling like it's even though David pointed out that we were the families were seeing each other when we were younger that the the lasting memory comes from playing music together mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how that happened uh i also couldn't say but i think independently and i don't even know how this happened we both started uh listening to a specific kind of music which was arcane in the, in the most part it wasn't rock and roll uh, it wasn't regular folk music that was happening it was bluegrass music, and that was not very popular, ultimately. Um, but we fell in love with it at about the same time, and it really was a powerful thing. So that when we got together and played, that's what we would typically play. Well, friendship is born usually out of some shared thought, idea, feeling, activity, it's rare to just sort of become super tight with somebody without some connection. Yeah. Um, do you remember that music, Dave? Do you remember anything specific about that? I, I was thinking today about friendship because you sent me the cup that said friends on it. And I know that's the uh, motif of your podcast. Yeah. And then I started thinking, well, what is friendship? And I came to the same conclusion. It's a shared experience. It's like a joint bank account yeah. <laughs> into which certain experiences go. And, and it's true. I came up when I was thinking about Chris, it, there were so many musical moments along the way. And it was we shared this esoteric interest in bluegrass music, which was, you know, not the common thing uh, in New York City at the time, although there was a kind of uh, focused uh, cloister of people who were into it. And so I don't have that many friends throughout my life who even know who Bill Monroe is, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. not only do we know who Bill Monroe is, but we know who played banjo with him in 1960, whatever, you know, so the specifics of that. And then we could play that music. We could render that music. So I have pictures of us when we were 15 of me playing banjo and Chris playing guitar. I have a picture at my house of that. Maybe you'll send me that picture. It might be in my apartment. So if I get in there, I will. I've been. If you ever get to go back <laughs> to your ever apartment, go back, yeah. <laughs> you ever go yeah. back to New York City. Definitely. Um, well, I think this joint account, yeah. this joint bank account of experiences, of influences, of chemistry that, you know, connects and, and grows and, and pulses. It's really a live thing. But I love the idea because it also means you can be out of, you, it's a shared account, but that doesn't mean you don't go off and have your own life and the other life. I think that's what's beautiful about dropping into friendship because certainly uh, so far on the podcast, you're the longest relationship that I think I will probably talk to or think about, which is this longevity of a friendship. But most of the conversations I've already had have to do with the idea of dropping in and out of friendship, that it's not this big, just continual river of incredible depth and connection, that it's the nature of life that people go off and then they come back and then they go off and then they come back. Um, but music was the connection for you guys and continues to be. There's so many moments. There's a lot of through moments. We had a, we had a rock and roll band in college together called Voltaire's nose. <laughs> that was the name of it. And uh, you know, we've done music projects together and right up to the present day. Um, yeah. And I think I'm looking at your house there and Chris and I usually sit in your kitchen, which is one of the best sounding rooms there is. And we play until 
COVID happened, we would sit there and play mandolin, guitar, and, and um, you know, that gave birth to certain music projects that we did together. So, yeah, music's a big thread, I think. And shtick yeah. is the other one, probably. Yeah. Well, then that gets into the, uh, as we were discussing a week or so ago, Dave, the, the straight man uh, premise, which is in, in comedy, at least in comedy teams, there's a straight man and then there's another and this isn't a sexual thing it's a it's a <laughs> someone who sets up jokes and then there's a person who's ostensibly funny but when dave says shtick dave is as i explained to him just recently an, a natural straight man and that's a very hard thing to come by just born straight man i had to tell him that he didn't know that <laughs> See, you don't get a letter uh, from any agents, government agencies saying you're, you've been anointed a, a straight man. But Dave has always been a very good straight man. What makes a good straight man, Mr. Guest? Well, uh, it's very hard. It, it, it's one of the hardest things to do. It's hard to, I think there's a uh, selflessness about it. There's a, um, a sense of what the hell just happened here. <laughs> Why, why is the other person saying that? Why are they laughing? Uh, maybe some of those things are, are part of it. Well, it's music, right? It's, it's, it's the way music goes where someone plays one part of the music and then there's another part of the music. I mean, yeah. it is, it's, a, it's a relationship, a straight man and a sticker, somebody who does the comedy. You can't have one without the other. It's, that's what makes it so good. Well, I, I would, in, in my work, whatever that is, I would uh, not think of my, I would think of myself as um, sort of in between, mm -hmm. but, uh, that, but that, uh, for whatever that's worth. We'll be right back with more Good Friend after this quick break, so stick around. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. 
You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I want to go back to Voltaire's nose for a minute. Um, John Carpenter, when I knew him, uh, when we first met, and he was just 30, and he and um, Tommy Wallace and Nick Castle, Nick Castle was the guy behind the mask. Tommy Wallace was the production designer and I think also did props on the original 1978 Halloween movie, which was made for, you know, $300,000 in 20 days um, or 17 days, actually. Um, they had a band and their original band was the Coupe de Villes. <laughs> and they were a garage rock and roll band and and sort of did covers. And I think they probably had some original music. Did Voltaire's Nose, did you guys do covers or did you do your own stuff? We did both. Uh, mostly covers. We did both. So- uh, I can't remember what, what the original stuff would have been. Uh, it was parties. I know there were some fraternity parties at Columbia kind of parties where it was, um, ch- it's a challenging thing. It's mainly young kids drinking and uh, we were probably, how old, 20, Dave, I would guess. Sure. If that. If and I graduated if, if that, from Columbia when I was 20, Chris, so it might have even been like 18 or 19. Could, could have been younger. Yep. Um, Isn't that crazy to just say those numbers and you, you know 18 and 19-year-olds today? And you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like you just said yeah. 18 well, and 19. It, it I can't was, even imagine. It was, uh, it was uh, yeah. And we played uh, some outside things. I don't remember how those were secured, those uh, gigs. But um, it was an electric band. But I don't remember the, what, what the original songs would have been. I remember one song, I Don't Want a Part-Time Woman. I don't know how the hell I remember that. And I don't know why I would uh, be thinking that at 18 <laughs> either, but I, I'm pretty sure that was the name of an original song we did. Wow. I would love to hear that. Yeah, it's that early thing of going through different things uh, for, for uh, musicians. You're also going through the guitar thing, the actual what guitar are you playing thing? And that's a very big thing through people's lives. It sounds like kind of just a materialistic thing, but it's when you're young and you see players that you uh, like, hear players that you like, you clock what instruments they're playing. It's a very uh, powerful thing. So for me, Mike Bloomfield was playing a Les Paul uh, guitar for the most part, and BB uh, King was playing a, a 335, and you wanted to emulate that. I, I did, as if that was going to be some kind of magic uh, thing. Dave and I, um, Dave had a black guitar, maybe a 350 no, or 340. It was a 330. I still have it. Wow. Gibson 330. 330. I had a, right, and I had a 335. We both had Martin D28s, um, and that all becomes part of the same thing, you know, of, of who's playing what, what the sound of something is, and um, yeah, it's 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 part of that. Well, it's a language from from my standpoint when I look at particularly men in relationship. You know, women just by nature sort of talk more about things as they kind of first couple up and start exploring young life, young creative lives. Um, And I'm not saying that women musicians aren't going to have the similar thing, but you guys are musicians and that is in itself a language. And I have been privy to it in our, as you said, the studio in our home, just the acoustics in the kitchen, but I've never not seen you guys play music. There's just never been a time where the two of you are in a room not playing music. I've also gone to bed listening to you guys talk. Um, Your long friendship, David, for the uninitiated, is a lifelong Buddhist. Um, I mean, since you were in your teens, yeah? 20. 20. 20. Okay. I was, hey, I pulled 20 out of my ass. Look at that. Um, You know, You've been dedicated to a very specific path and teaching, and and you are a teacher. You are a student. Uh, it 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 has been a very very 
big part of your life. And Christopher has obviously um, been a musician, but he's also gone off and and made movies and done many other activities. Most people don't know his his most current um, passion really is the intricate tying of these little flies for fly fishing, which he spends and practices really in the execution of them. He spends quite a long amount of time daily in that practice. But both of you have dedicated your lives to a practice of something. You both play music. Christopher practices his instruments on a daily basis, Chris? Yeah. And that's something that I think the two of you have shared in your friendships. It's it's the way you guys play music together is in a way a language between you two. Um, and when you do improvisational music, it is the jazz conversation between the two of you. And one goes off one place and then somebody else and then you come back and you join up again, then you go off. Um, and I was thinking about that because I've known the two of you and you've both gone off and done a lot of things. Has there been times where your focus in this other world has taken you kind of off and you've had to find your guys way back? Because there have been period of time, David, where I didn't see you as often. And then there have been times where I've seen a lot of you. Well, I, th I think, um, and I don't know the exact timeline of this, but when David uh, graduated college, there was a separation, basically. Uh, I don't know if you moved, if, if you, did you go to Colorado? Did you go, I know at one well, point well, you were- What happened was I, you know, I think probably we were still in contact. We were both playing around the village, you know, for a while. And then I went back to music school, to Berkeley College of Music. And during that year, that was 1970, I met my Buddhist teacher. Mm -hmm. And then I got very involved with that. Um, mm -hmm. And, and uh, then I'm, you know, you and I were both out in California different times, but I lived in LA. And then I was the director of a meditation center in Vermont for a couple of years. So mm -hmm. during that time, I was pretty drawn also starting my family. And, and, and so there was a gap there. And what actually happened, Chris, is I had a lucid dream with you in it. Uh, when I, I came back to, um, I guess I came back to New York and I just kind of, you know, had a very strong feeling of connection and I called you up. And then I came out. And during that time, during those years, Jamie, is when Chris and you were getting mm -hmm. together. So then, then when I when I came out to LA, that next time we had a visit, and then I met you, Jamie, and then I think from then on though we've been you know pretty much in contact uh, for you know uh, as as every time I come to Los Angeles we're we're hanging out uh, you know and visiting. So that would have been how many years ago would that have been born? That would thirty five. Yeah, yeah. So you guys have been together a long time. We've been together thirty six years. Wow. Oh, because you know what. You had a cake in the freezer. You had your <laughs> wedding cake in the freezer for a it's year. Still in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you shared a piece with me. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's when that's wow. when, when I met you, Jamie. That's what, whatever. However many. That's thirty-five years ago. Right. Thirty-six wow. years ago. Yeah. Well, for the listening audience, um, I've been married to Mr. Guest for all of that time, um, and you know the cake in the freezer thing is the kind of old fashioned, like you get married and then you take a piece of your cake and then you freeze it and on your first anniversary. I think you have a bite of it. You know, I did the throwing the thing. Um, What's the thing? <laughs> Come on, help me out. Where you get uh, married, fish. you have flowers. Okay. No flowers <laughs> in your hand, your bouquet. And my but you pregnant your own bouquet. So what does that no, mean? No, I didn't you, catch what? my own bouquet. My <laughs> pregnant unmarried sister. <laughs> caught the bouquet. Great. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a good line right there. Yeah, that's a that's good a opening really line good. for a book. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's um, good. But yes, uh, but I'm, you know, we're, I, I would say we're traditional that way. And, you know, this podcast came from a, a song. Dave, I don't know if you got to hear my theme song, but I will, uh, for the, everyone else has heard it because they tuned in and heard it. Um, it's called Good Friend by Emily King, 
Uh Um, I thought I connected it on the bottom of the email to you. Anyway, the point is that I just lost the point. Hold on. I'll find it. It'll come back. Traditional, (laughs) conventional. Oh, traditional. Thank you. Because I think there are traditional mores in friendships. There are traditional ideas. And what I've loved about you guys as friends is that it's fairly non-traditional. Like I say traditional in the kind of classic dude, my experience of a classic dude friendship. Like it's you... You you speak musically to each other. It's always amazing when you see each other. You There's never been a time where I haven't gone to sleep and woken up three hours later, you guys are still talking. Huh. That gets well, some really... of that. Some of that, in all fairness, is, is pre-recorded. Because uh, <laughs> we're watching a movie, basically. But it sounds better to have a, a, what sounds like a philosophical discussion. So that's playing and we're in another room watching uh, TV basically. But okay. no, we but, talk we talk a lot and we still talk a lot and we talk on the phone. I'd say it's those two things, yeah. And if, if we could come back to the straight man thing for just a moment. <laughs> Please. Here's my interpretation of it. And it's a basketball analogy. If, if we were a basketball team, I would be the point guard and I, kind of setting up the play. And Chris is a tall forward. He's cutting to the hoop. I'm lobbing the ball up in in slow motion. It's hovering above the rim. And he absolutely, without fail, black belt style, is going to leap, catch the ball, turn around, twist, do a 360, and dunk it every well, single if it, We would if call that an assist. Seven, if the hoop is seven feet high, yes. <laughs> that's that's what I would be doing. I'm not getting anywhere near there if it's it's too, it's uh, it's too high. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's a very uh, interesting way of putting it. I think it's um, thank you. Thanks for the setup. Uh, thanks for the uh, pass. Well, and if Chris is on your team, you want him to shoot, right, Jamie? You know, people all over the world want him to take that shot. Uh, I think that well, if it's set up well. I think we want you to take the shot, Chris. Um, I mean, the thing that's uh, always not surprising to me, but is the beauty of the long relationship we've had is that, you know, Chris can drop me with no warning. So it's the, it's the facility for maybe I'm an easy target. I mean, I am a fairly easy target. Me too. Um, Yeah. So, you know, but, and, but isn't that, really a big draw in a friendship. See, I want, in my friendships, I want to be seen and heard. I want people to know me well and be able to drop me uh, to my knees in in laughter when I don't see it coming, when I'm, you know, the best thing with Chris for us is that when I'm so mad, I can't be mad because all Chris has to do is adjust his face and no matter how angry I am, <laughs> no matter what the issue is, I'm, I'm done. And mm-hmm. it's you. You can't, in, in recovery, I heard once that you can't hate someone and pray for them at the same time. Oh. You know, you can't. It's not possible because one is turning over some feeling about them that they are safe a little meta prayer, you know, like a little, you can't do a meta prayer and be like really incensed at somebody at the same time. They are counter purposing. And so in that sense, it's, it's anyway, it's been something that has occurred with my husband and I for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you guys introduce each other to other people? You know, that's another thing in friendships is that friendship groups grow and spread. Has, Has that occurred with you guys? Dave uh, visited uh, us in our country place and met some of the friends that Jamie and I have, uh, several friends. But I don't think I have met um, David's friends now, other than people that we both knew from a, a long time ago. Well, and I thought of Chris one thing right away, which is there's a couple of things that we both are pretty tuned into. And a lot of our conversation revolves around kind of two poles of how, how screwed up things are out in the world and why and how and how did it get that way. 
And also that against that backdrop, there's this almost miraculous onslaught of talented young musicians and uh, artists and creators. Um, and so I just thought when you said that, I thought right away of Julian Lodge, who Chris made friends with um, and then mm -hmm. introduced me to, and we became friends and musical friends too. And he's also a meditator. So, you know, so that is a shared passion that we have is, is an amazement that we have that in the, in the darkness of these dark ages, that there's these young beings emerging with so much light and so much uh, talent and so much to give and offer. So I think that's a thread. There's a theme there. Well, it's, sure. isn't it the, I mean, that's the evolution. I mean, we, you hope that there are some bright lights to, yep. to, and that if you can be a conduit, I know you have been involved at Berkeley. I know Christopher was on their board for a long, long time and, you know, has been very focused on young people and how to help them because nobody really understands like you go to a music school like that, but can they teach you the reality of what the music business is today? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, you don't want to be a dream buster, but it's a really complicated world. And I know Chris really focused on that to try to help people and also mm -hmm. to connect them with instruments to be able to have something that then they get to go off and create their light uh, as you just referred to it. So I think, Obviously, there's a, you know, that's to me the evolutionary force of uh, musical friendship, which is what I would call your guys' friendship, which is a musical friendship. But there's this other pole, and, and Chris can speak to it. But you know, I, 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 as I know you guys do, have a wide array of friendships, and Chris is almost reminds me of the kind of scholar sage of days gone by. <laughs> you know, he's he's studied. He's he's read a lot about history. Um, he has a perspective that's that's deeper than the kind of shallow perspective. And he's looking at current events against that backdrop. And um, it's erudite. And it's, a, you know, it's 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 some it's somebody that I listen to, um, you know, talking about current events against that backdrop. And, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know that about him. I don't know if they do or they don't. It's it's um, he's a scholar. But it's. It's well, that's part of the connective tissue to you. Yeah, I'm interested in those things too, from a slightly different perspective. I wouldn't. Say, I, I have to jump in and say I'm not a scholar in the literal sense. I read a lot, but I'm not a scholar. There are people who have read a hundred books about a given time period. I, I do like to read about history um, and be informed about that. Yes, but what David is saying, obviously, is that as a friend, I mean, it's a podcast called Good Friend, the gift for him is that you're someone with that kind of scholarly or, I mean, it, 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 but what you do is that you then distill the world today and apply what you've read and learned of why we are where we are. And I've obviously been married to you for a very long time. And we are as opposite as two people can be in that way. Cause I'm somebody who can look at the big picture and get the picture of it and can still distill quite a lot. I don't have to read the fine details to get basically the idea. And I mean, it, it's an example of our partnership, Chris, because you you actually get into the weeds of things. Um, well, I, yes. And I guess David's weeds are in the work that he does. They're, they're, everyone has their own weeds, hopefully, because everyone if you don't, weeds. then you're just being a superficial person. Yeah. So maybe when we talk, that's what we end up talking about, the idea of, uh, weeds for me that's the most interesting thing and it, to, to some people it would be not of any interest because it's arcane in some way but for me the more arcane the more interesting it is to me and uh, I think when David speaks to people about what he does if he's speaking to people about meditation who 
are not meditators, there's a different way of speaking to them than for someone who is. There has to be a way to bridge that, I guess. If you have some knowledge, you can't just jump in to the deep end right away. But you have to find a way as friends to have a common point which reflects both of both of the things, I guess. We'll be right back with more good friend after this quick break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You know, there are some friendships that envelop each other where there is no penumbra there. It's just not there. It's so enmeshed, so without kind of boundaries that you can't almost discern one from the other and to try to extricate. And what I love about that as a theme is that in a way, the three of us have that. Because there's a part of our relationship, David um, and I have collaborated on my children's books. David has written music for my children's books. Um, I am not a Buddhist, but as Dave might say, but I can play one on TV. Um, I, but at the same time, without any of the knowledge base of Buddhism, without any of the study, I still do do have a practice that is Buddhism light, is some, I don't know, essence of it, because you've we've talked about it, um, both on your podcasts and talking about my own practice as a sober woman and how I've tried to bring some sort of a spiritual life, some feeling to my own life so that I, and that's that connective tissue because our circles, my husband and I have that, you know, we, we, we are a pair of opposites and we both can operate in that opposite sphere very healthily. 
without <laughs> you're a matched You're a matched pair of opposites. We are a matched pair of opposites. But where we connect our yeah. children, yeah. our marital life, yeah. our physical life together, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sexual as well as physical um, in time and place and location, and a shared love of nature, a love of small animals, a shared, you know, the connective tissue is strong with us, which has meant that we can withstand the 36-year journey together while both operating in very other big, exciting, creative, um, passionate other spheres. And I'm happy, very happy to be having this conversation because you've known each other a long time. Chris and I have known each other a long time and you and I have known each other a long time. And that connective little dot in the middle is what this episode is really about, which is how do you have that other life, but then still come here. When you guys haven't seen each other in a while, it never feels that there's any sense of having to find your way back with each other. One of you just picks up a guitar and starts to play something. And the next thing you know, you're singing harmony. Hmm. Yeah. Can you repeat that? <laughs> uh, yes. No, that's, uh, I think that's true. There doesn't feel like there's a, well, now we have to kind of go over this to reestablish whatever this is. No, no I think that, uh, in the last year, it's been strange for everyone that everyone's relationships outside of marriages or boyfriend and girlfriend or girlfriend and girlfriend and boyfriend and boyfriend or whatever it is, have been tested by this social uh, separation. Uh, but I've talked to David on the phone on a fairly regular basis. I mean, there are times where a month could go by when we don't speak, but uh, it, it doesn't feel like, well, who is this again when when he calls or when I call? Right. Now, you don't have uh, sort of uh, the more physical pursuits that you share, Dave, am I correct? I'll, I'll answer for him because he wants me to. Um, <laughs> Well, I do, we, we have part of the separation is that David has his practice, his Buddhist practice, his teaching, which I'm not I'm not a part of. He's talked about it, but I'm not a part of that. I have a life, a physical life, whether it's fly fishing or skiing or hiking or golf that is uh, different. And that those those are uh, things that we actually don't share. But we share the other so well and I, I i like to i don't i don't like friends who do exactly what i do i'm, I'm not drawn very much to that usually mm. so the, the idea of being able to adsorb you know somebody else's experience so when chris is talking about fly fishing or skiing um i'm very interested in hearing him talk about it because it's um and and i'm also interested in finding threads through it for example his he talked about his relationship with his ski instructor which which almost like a a you know a kind of serious mentoring relationship as i understood it and it had principles that were very similar to like studying buddhism or something like that well there and there are connections with all of this when i've described to, to you and to uh other people as well but uh, the feeling of being alone in the wilderness where uh literally alone of camping out by a river in the bottom of a canyon somewhere, and you're hearing what's what you're hearing. You're hearing different birds, or you're hearing coyotes at night, or wolves, or whatever. And for me, that is my version of a meditation. It's obviously not a practice in, in the way David does it, but that is a connective tissue that become something we can talk about where it's relatable, I guess. Well, I think that is just a really interesting aspect of your friendship, about your good friendship, is that you don't share a lot of those. Music, yes, but that these other worlds, as you said, Dave, Chris knows about things and 
is interested in things that you're not. And you, he brings that into your life. And then, as you said, you find a little thread that jives with something that you're doing and vice versa with Chris. He doesn't do what you do. And you're right. It's a lot of people, I think, would say that they connect as you did with music, but that that connection then stays all the way through their lives. And as I said before, that they're they're so enmeshed that it's hard to separate them. You both have very specific pursuits. And I think people listening probably have that with other relationships in their lives that you each bring to each other that very special thing where you can lean in because he's telling you something or he can lean into you. And, you know, I think that's a beautiful aspect of this, certainly as a, as a, a witness to it. Hmm. Yeah. It's a big world. You can't cover it by yourself. Yeah. You got to have friends, but you have to have friends who also know you, all of you, you know, we, we learn about each other and we are friends in certain areas, but it isn't a complete portrait because, or it's a, to me, it's an incomplete portrait because there's so much about both of you that you both know from a very young age, this cellular growth that has occurred so that you can all both go off and do your separate things. Well, Jamie, there's another piece of this, which is that I mean, I'm just jamming with you guys, but there's something about my relationship with Chris. It's kind of molecular in the mm-hmm. sense that I've known his molecules since he just barely had them. And How are they doing? <laughs> Before they drop. <laughs> and uh, I can, when every time I look at him, I superimpose about 10 images of him at different ages. Hmm. Fairly vivid images of him at eight, jumping on a basketball and being able to stand up and what his face looked like of mm. uh, of him playing guitar. I'm sorry, he can jump on a basketball? You put the basketball on the floor. I hate to say this, but, you know, and then um, he could just jump on top of it. And most people would go, you know, it would be the Dick Van Dyke show, you know. Oh, boom, I see, boom, yeah. You know? And he could, he, right. Yeah, he, that's right. And he would invite other people who lived in his household to try it and with not good effect, um, including me, probably, let's say. Um, so... Chris was agile, but I can visualize him at different stages of his life because I've seen him at different stages of his life. So it's, uh, and, and yet the current iteration is always superimposed right on top of it. So I'm looking at a molecular evolving situation there that I'm pretty intimate with in terms of the, at least the visual aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I don't have anybody else like that. You know, I go back the, the oldest other friends I have go back to about 20. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know anybody. Uh, now it's my sister that's all that same thing Mm -hmm. yeah right and we're now getting to an age where we're saying goodbye to a lot of our friends that is the new sort of door that we we our generation of post 60s um death is the new black well it's it's also more of a trap door than a a door but (laughs) um yeah and uh that's true and dave and i are, are virtually the same age Jamie's younger by 10 years. Um, but that's another thing. As you mm-hmm. look ahead, I just, in terms of describing your mathematical <clears throat> age to people, uh, I've, I always looked at it as a baseball diamond that, you know, you start out as a baby and you're, you could say you're at bat. And if you're middle-aged, you're on second base. And someone said, where are you now to me? And I said, I'm caught in a rundown between third and home. <laughs> and the catcher has the ball, by the way. <laughs> so, um, Caught yeah. in a rundown, by the way, is a very good song title. It is. So it is. that's, uh, yeah. And that changes the perspective of friendship too, when you're looking at everything in a, in a slightly different way. If you're in your 20, early 20s, even early 30s, uh, you're not looking at things the same way. And this is different. Yeah. You know, Jamie, there's one other piece, which is Chris's mom uh, was the closest to my mom energetically in a lot of ways. They had, they're both uh, very active in the theater world and in the, in the entertainment world. They were both kind of, you know, um, business entertainment people. 
I used to visit Pushy, you know, Chris's mom, because she lived out here in, in near East Hampton, and I hung with her. I don't have that many friends from that generation that I actually hung out with. And it reminded me of being with my mom, who's long gone. And so when Pushy left, I thought, there goes that generation. That There's nobody to verify any of the stories that he and I are telling about the days before we remember what was happening. They're gone. Nobody can verify. And that's the, that's the, um, honestly, that's the reason I, I don't, makes me cry to say it, but I don't ask Chris to participate in my creative life, this being part of it, because our penumbra is so rich and satisfying that I don't need to kind of go out into that other realm, you know, but I asked you guys to do this with me today. I don't ask you both to do things. I wouldn't ask normally Chris to come on my podcast and talk. But you see your relationship, your long friendship is something I think people want to hear about because as Chris just said with the, you know, caught in the rundown, it's such a reality of all of our lives. Um, and we're all navigating it with grace and some humor, I hope, um, and some expansion, but that you guys really do do and will always have this. And as you said, this you've known each other really molecularly, and um, it will go all the way to when you're not around. And not that I wanted to have you guys on the podcast because you guys aren't going to be around. It'd be so nice for people to be able to listen. But yeah. I I wanted that because I, it's an example. You know, this is a mm. podcast about good friendship yeah. um, and what that means and, and how does that manifest. Do you have any parting thoughts, Mr. Guest? I don't know if I could sum all of this up. I'm glad we got to talk. And, but I don't know if I could sum it all up. That would be a big task, I think. I know that the people who have been listening to the Good Friend podcast will identify with their oldest friend, their friend they made when they were very young. Maybe the parents brought them together. Maybe they found music together or tennis, you know, whatever it is. And then they have now grown into adult people and have kind of come back and forth into each other's lives the way you guys have. And maybe they're, you know, rounding third and heading for home also. And um, I they just should, think they should slide. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> they should make sure they slide into home. Okay. Um, yeah. But I'm grateful I'm, on behalf of the listeners of the Good mm. Friend podcast. Mm. Um, I am grateful that you guys would take some time to explore this old friends, old good friends, um, and I love you both. Good Friend is produced by Dylan Fagan and is a production of iHeartRadio. Our theme song, Good Friend, is written, produced, and performed by Emily King. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hold up. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.